Terry for breakfast. Humans of the Wheat Belt. Thanks for joining us on Humans of the Wheat Belt here on Listener L-I-S-T-N-R. And of course, Humans of the Wheat Belt has the backing of the Wheat Belt Health Network. And of course, Wheat Belt Health is encouraging inclusion. So a big thanks to all our participants in Humans of the Wheat Belt. This time around, I'm having a chat with Londa Finlayson, who's on the line now. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Excellent. So wage and born and bred. I sure am. I'm one of those homegrown girls. <laughs> now, Wajin, for most people, particularly in the northern we built, the great town that's nestled nicely between Narragin and Katanning, it's sort of equal distance to both, isn't it? Absolutely. So Wajin's one of those places where, you know, although we're a little bit smaller and we're in between a lot of great other towns, um, we have the biggest sixth degree of separation in the world, I believe, and um, yeah, it's been one of the most amazing places to grow up in and, and now grow my family within. And of course, one of the big events there in Wajin, the annual Wajin Woolorama in March each year. Absolutely. It, it just makes our town come alive. You know, it's, we've had a long, rich history of delivering the Woolorama year after year. Unfortunately, this year it didn't go ahead, but um, we'll come back bigger and better than ever for next year. And, you know, it's part of our fibre and, our, um, and you know, what we do down here. So we're very proud of it. And everyone does put in, you know, their own parts, makes, you know, all their sections um, come alive. And, yeah, it's just a really great event to be able to have and continue for over, hundred I think, 20 years. So, yes. That was a, a real disappointment, wasn't it? I mean, because we've never seen anything like this where events were just getting cancelled left right and centre uh, it's a very uh, unique situation it was a very bizarre situation and quite sad wasn't it absolutely especially on our 50th um the 50th celebration of the wage and Woolarama. of all years it it couldn't have happened at a worse time we had such big plans for it um it left you know such an impact in our community there was a, a bit of a void type thing and Nobody knew really what to do with it. So the committee I know are working really hard and tirelessly behind the scenes to make sure that next year's a success. Um, obviously seeing that, you know, life is sort of resuming normality at the moment has mm. been quite disheartening as well that we haven't been able to have our Rama. But, you know, sometimes things happen and then we come back stronger for it. Londa, take us right back. Let's 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 uh, turn the wheel right back. You describe yourself as a small town country girl with a big city appetite. So, from Wajin, did you have your sights and set on the, the the big smoke there? I suppose it's more of a, a metaphor. Um, so, I've always seen myself living here with my family and everything, but I've just got this zest for life to um, do everything, conquer things, achieve, um, grow, network, and and you know. Con- connect to different communities, but also to be a bit more worldly in terms of, you know, travelling and, um, you know, not limiting my um, abilities or expectations to just being in Wajin. Also connecting with, you know, bigger corporations and organisations, having a bigger mission for life. Um, I I believe that just because we live in the country doesn't mean that we can't have aspirations of career growth, um, you know, worldly type appetites when it comes to, you know, wanting to achieve something. Um, and I suppose also that's been why, that's been my, my backer as to why I have stayed in Wajin because I've always known, you know, that home is Wajin, but I can always go, come and go and, um, you know, yeah, explore a little bit further, but really appreciate home. 
So mum's Maori, dad's Aussie. So uh, you describe yourself as a mozzie. Absolutely, all the way. Only the thing is, I'm probably not as annoying. Well, yeah, probably as annoying as a mozzie, but I just hope not to get killed <laughs> like one. Um, but yeah, I suppose I'm I'm really proud of both of my um my Maori and my Aussie heritage, and yeah. I, I stand by it. I'm really really thankful that um, I've had a long, uh, sorry, a big family connection with both. Um, and that's another part of the reason why uh, we're still in Wagen is because we have got a lot of family and friends here and, uh, you know, it's a safety net type thing. But both the um, Maori and the Aussie communities are really rich and strong down in Wagen. Um, and we're like a force to be reckoned with almost. <laughs> now, interestingly, you're the third Londa in your family. Yeah. So my name holds um, a lot of value and meaning to me. Um, so I am Londa Third, and um, sadly, both of my auntie Londas are passed. Um, but the, the word Londa, or my name Londa, actually means white rose upside down. So I don't know if it's to become like a preserved rose or anything, but yeah, I, I believe that names hold a lot of value and meaning, and, um, and I'm extra extra special I suppose because I get a unique name like Londa and everybody says to me oh wow where's that from and I give them um, the quick story and and yeah I'm really proud of it. It sounds like a pretty good medieval name. (laughs) Yeah (laughs) probably Queen Londa sounds really great yeah. I think if if you add Londa to anything it's medieval. (laughs) Yeah it can be and yeah I've never heard another person that I've ever met called Londa except for my aunt so yeah. So you say that, uh, you know, growing up, uh, unfortunately, your parents separated and that changed uh, the course of your life when you were quite young at eight years old. Mm. Yeah, it did. It had a, it had a big impact on me and my brother um, and my whole family. But, you know, I was in that era where there was a lot of that happening. And I suppose I, you know, I do wear rainbow colored glasses and I just went, radio, let's, let's learn from this and how can I make the best world out, um, out of my life? for this and both my parents you know I love them dearly and they've both given me every possible opportunity and um, characteristic and strength that they could and um, I just learned a huge amount of resilience at that time and I think that sort of paved my pathway for you know my life forward um, how I've gone through in my marriage um, which I've been married for 16 years and with my husband for 20 years so and I'm only 35 um, so, you know, I just think that that has been a real foundational tool that yeah. I've learnt from my parents. You describe yourself as uh, fiercely independent. And uh, look, <laughs> uh, you, you've been quite prominent there throughout the community growing up, uh, vice captain of Wage and District High School. And then you went on Rotary uh, Leadership Camp. So that really uh, gave you a taste of, uh, you know, um, stepping out into the big wide world. Yeah, look, leadership to me, I think, has just been, um, you know, a part of a part of me since I was a really young person. I'm quite quite bossy, but <laughs> more so, um, I just love to lead by example. I love to, um, you know, I, I feel that that's one of my natural abilities. Uh, but I've always been one of those people that looks at an opportunity and just runs with it because I think, you know, what's the worst that could happen? All I'm going to do is learn from all of this and. You know, I, I'm, I connect really well with people and it doesn't matter who, um, but they're always teaching me something yeah. So to be a better leader. And, and yeah, I just love opportunities like Rotary, um, your schooling, you know, volunteering, all those types of things. 2015, you took a pretty important trip, a very special trip. You went over to Cambodia to do some 
missionary work with uh, Stitches of Hope. Now, uh, tell us about that experience. Yeah, so that, again, that was an opportunity that came through um, from Wage and Bularama. Stitches of Hope do a lot of the um, work behind the scenes, kitchen cleaning, all that type of thing. And um, I'd been long-term friends with Wendy Pedrick and Kay Eva happened to give a presentation at the Bularama and I went, something's calling me to go to Cambodia. I need to give my time. So 10th of May, we flew out and uh, flew in on Mother's Day, obviously. And yeah, it changed my world. It really did. Um, I, we were able to go over there and, you know, be with the orphanages that they support. Um, the, the actual foundation, Stitches of Hope, is based from Gidjiganap, um, Kay Eva, who actually created it. And they get a lot of support from West Australians. Um, we were over, we were able to go and see um, their sewing centres. So it's all about, you know, giving a different industry to uh, people who, you know, who really need it. And Cambodians, um, the, one of the best you know, cultural experiences, races and bunch of people I've ever met. They're just so thankful. Mm. Um, and it just gives you a broader a horizon of, of, you know, how to appreciate your own life. So that stayed with me. I hope to do more in the future. Um, I really love, you know, giving my time to people. And if I can help, that would be, you know, even better. So, yeah, huge. Incredible how that all came about through the connections at Wager Woodorama. And, and going back to what we were talking about before, you know, not having those events like Woolarama really uh, put a spanner in the works uh, for the community out there. But, gee, we've missed them, but so good to have them back. Absolutely, yeah. It's yeah, it's a big deal for us. Now, you say that you've uh, you've had a double hip replacement. <laughs> yeah, I sure have. At the young old age of thirty-five. Um, yeah, I had it in December last year, and uh, I I sort of went in for a netball knee injury um, a year a year prior to that. You know, it was giving me a bit of grief and, and the doctor said, mm, I bet that there's something else going on. So I had undiagnosed hip dysplasia, labral tears and osteoarthritis. So a year later, I had to increase my private health and because I didn't think I needed joint replacement at 35. Um, never say never is my, my response to that. But yeah. yeah, it's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, and you know, I'm so thankful for it. And I um, I prepared a lot for it mentally and physically and emotionally because it was a huge thing. Um, but there are so many people going through that at the moment and I connect to a lot of people who, um, you know, are in similar circumstances. And, yeah, it's just it's really amazing to see that the way that, you know, modern medicine can revolutionise someone's life. And so I'm really thankful for that. It's incredible how far we've come in the, the last few years with uh, breakthroughs in, as you say, modern medicine and, you know, quality of life has uh, just drastically improved. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Now, also, uh, you shared something pretty personal on, on social media in the last few years. You said that you were diagnosed with uh, ADHD. Mm. Yeah. And uh, again, you know, when you share your own story, you tend to find these people that come to you and, you know, connect with you around, uh, around the same thing. And um, I'd always knew, knowing that I was, you know, sort of, on a different frequency than other people and I knew that I was either hyperactive or flatlining and something was just amiss. So I sort of went into it. Um, both my dad and my brother um, have got ADHD and we're very open about it because it is a characteristic of, of us all. Um, I believe it's my superpower, so that's how I'm able to achieve all these things. When people say, how do you how do you keep doing all of this and how do you maintain that energy? Yeah. Um, but it was a really important diagnosis as well because... 
women, um, generally 40% of women go undiagnosed from ADHD because we're busy, because we're just mums, you know, that, that mentality of it. But it's actually not. There is something else going on. And I believe that when the diagnosis come around and, you know, I finally got it and finally um, was able to get onto a new path, I went, wow, you know, it gave me such a greater understanding about myself and how to respond resources, um, my new, you know, connecting to other people and, and I'm able to help other people um, for it. Um, so I'm really thankful that this has come about and yeah, that's why I share my, my stories like it. We're seeing a lot of this now, aren't we? We're seeing people that are, that are going to seek professional help. They're getting diagnosed with ADHD or, you know, Asperger's or, you know, whatever the case may yeah. be later on in their life. Were things difficult in your life that led you to that point and you thought, gee, I need to go get some help here? I d- uh, yes and no. I sort of went, oh, well, I'll just I'll just get over it or do something or go over here and, and, you know, distract myself from it. But there have been points, especially, you know, being a parent where I've gone, no, I can't do this. So I did go and get help. I went to go get counselling. I went and read things. I connected with other mums and people that were going through it. I lent on my family, you know, I did all of those things. And again, I was really open about it. Um, I, I, I believe that if I was silent about it, I don't think I would be in this position today. But yeah. yeah, we we all go through those sorts of things and it's how we respond to it. But it's okay to ask for help. And, uh, you know, even the strongest people or the most doing people still need help. So um, I felt that that was really important. And, and also, you know, my scales were tipping at the time going, oh, my gosh, and I couldn't focus, I couldn't settle, I couldn't sleep, I couldn't, you know, do all these things. And I went, mm, this isn't the normal. And, I, and so I wanted to change that for the better. And from that, I'm, I'm, you know, so glad that I listened to that part of me. It's great to see that you've got uh, plenty of support around you. Now, you, t- you told us about uh, your your husband there, um, what, being married for 16 years and, and been together for 20 years and mm. got, uh, got lovely children there as well. <laughs> I do have four sons, so 15, 13, 12 and uh, 6, so Logan, Hunter, Tane and Jordan and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to say I'm a boy mum. Um, I'm really girly and I love all that. But yeah, my boys, they're really good. They teach me a lot about myself, um, keep me busy. They test me all the time. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm really thankful to be a, a boy mum and, um, you know, be able to go on this journey with them. And also as a younger mum, I get to be, you know, alongside them a lot of the time. Yeah. So yeah, and, and I believe that, you know, I've got an extra special um, with growing them in the country because they've got this wholesome way of looking at life and, you know, they've got these really um, wonderful gifts from growing up in the country. So, yeah, I'm really thankful for that. And, Londa, as we finish up, one piece of advice you'd give your younger self? <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things I, I, I'm all about. Do the travel, you know, take take the time to travel. Um, don't be such a people pleaser. You know, I, I honestly believe that. But... Also, one of my biggest things is um, you just need to be you because there is no one else like you. So that's what I would say. And looking at the photo that you've uh, got there on the Humans of the Wheatbelt Facebook page, uh, looking very nice in the in the white attire there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, I got I had a friend um, who did my photography for me, and um, yeah, I'm very thankful to her being able to do that for me. So yeah, I just yeah. I love it. Love photography, love fashion and flowers and all of that kind of thing as well. So all goes part and parcel. 
Our special guest on Humans of the Wheat Belt, Londa Finlayson from Wagen. Appreciate your time and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. This is Humans of the Wheat Belt here on Listener LISTNR with the support of the Wheat Belt Health Network and, of course, encouraging inclusion in our community. Terry for breakfast. Humans of the Wheat Belt.